Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Are we good? I, now I'm good. Thank you. Hey, uh, hey, welcome, folks. Uh, unfortunately, we're the only people not vacationing the first weekend of 2021. So um, I'm, I'm gl- glad to see you and all you people out there. We miss you. Uh, for those who are uh, viewing us from afar, hello. Uh, honey, I'm going to have to ask, actually, I'm going to ask Sarah because you're recovering. Can you clean my glasses for me? I have cleaner in my office, but I don't have thing. I can't see anything. That's going to have to be real with you. Uh, everybody's on vacation, so they're not going to see it anyways. Uh, for those of us joining online, hello. Hey, we're having some technical issues uh, with our stream. Comcast has had some issues with our internet, and they're supposed to upgrade it this week. So if I'm stuttering, we're going to get it fixed, all right? We love you guys, uh, and we're going to get it fixed. Hey, I got a cool announcement. We got several today, but we have an engagement in our midst. So if you have a Bible, no, I'm serious. Go ahead, Catherine and Chris, stand up. Uh, Chris proposed to Catherine, and she said yes. And they're going to get married and wait to have kids. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, we like to tell people, we like to tell people who get engaged at Revival Life Church, what do we say? You ain't married till you're married, all right? And uh, so just, let's just keep that in mind if we could, please. Hallelujah. Let's just stay focused on that word right there. You ain't married till you're married, right? I've seen people do dumb things after they get engaged. So we'll just, uh, don't start getting joint bank accounts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Don't buy real estate together. Hey, happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. You made it. You made it to 2021. Give yourself a hand. For having made it. I just sometimes just staying in the fight is the victory. Staying in the fight. Hey, that's a picture of me. That was supposed to be for the web, but you guys get it here too. Look at that. It's Carl. In case you didn't know who I was, that's me. And that's what I preached last week. And uh, those are the pounds I put on in 2020. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Not everything was lacking in 2020. The cupboards were always full, apparently. I have several exciting announcements I'm going to make today. Um, We're going to have communion at the end, and uh, I promise to get through this quickly-ish, right? Quickly-ish. So uh, 2020 was um, not the easiest year for many of us. Is that an understatement, or or, or was that, you know, it was difficult, Um, uh, and uh, I don't personally want to live it over again. Uh, I, I prayed into 2020, and we got a word, and we had no idea what the word meant. Uh, we talked about it uh, many times in this house, uh, how the Lord had spoken to us. If you watched last week, I kind of detailed how the Lord had led us all year. And uh, I, I'm thankful. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And every year, I like to, um, I like to start the new year uh, asking the Lord for a word for the year. I do it um, my personal life. I do it for uh, the ministry that I lead. I hope you do it for your ministry uh, and for your life and your family. 
as well. Unfortunately, uh, we also know that just because the Roman calendar is changing does not mean God has to come up with a new plan, right? Like uh, uh, he has his own calendar and it's, uh, you know, quickly, uh, as he says, and that could mean tomorrow or never, right? Like, so, so what, what he's going to do quickly doesn't necessarily mean what you think he's going to do or when he's going to do it, right? Quickly means nothing to God in our earthly, you, you know, he's eternal. Yeah. And so he's outside of time. And so everything he does could be slow or fast. Like according to his watch, nothing's changing, right? Like his watch never changed. Like, you know, like we like to think that um, like there's this continuum from the beginning to the end and God is somewhere in it, but that continuum is in God because he's everything. And so he's at the end and the beginning right now. So like when things happen, he's like, don't worry, child, it's going to happen soon. And that could mean your great-grandkids. I mean, who knows? Who knows when it's going to happen? And so we, we like to think, you know, hey, it went from 2020 to 2021. So God's going to give me a fresh word and a fresh vision. And he might, like, you might still be in the 1997 vision for all he knows, right? Like, like he, you know, we, we count these seasons according to our little man-made calendar. And God, God has his own calendar, and it's called when he's good and ready. Right, and, and, and um, we're, we're so filled with faith in the charismatic church that um, we kind of confuse ourselves into thinking that we somehow have power over God. I mean, we wouldn't say that, but we like to think, you know, if I say the right words, uh, you, you know, we, 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 we start thinking, you know, this is the same as this, you know, and, and he's got to do whatever we tell him to do, right? And, um, and God, is, God finds it funny. Right? It's like when a kid um, acts like he's going to do something, you act all scared, and, he, and the kid actually thinks it's real, and we're kind of laughing internally. I think that's God a lot, like a good father. Like, oh, it's so cute. Let me go ahead and throw it at them, because they're, they're cute. I'll go ahead and bless that one. And they're like, oh, and now, God, I want to play in traffic. He's like, nah, sure, soon. And what he's saying soon is like, soon you'll wake up and realize how dumb that prayer request was. Yeah. Right? When are you going to do that, God? Oh, soon. Don't worry, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then one day you're like, "Oh, thank you for never answering that." You know, like, "Don't worry, I never was. Like, that was never in, that was never a concern." Uh, and so there's this ongoing maturation process between us and God. Um, and um, the, the greatest way to know that you're not actually um, on track with God in your maturity process is to think that you have it figured out. And so if you think you got God figured out, then you're just just God letting you know that you're still learning. Right. And, um, you know, who could know God? Right. No one has ever seen God, the Bible says. And who could know God but the spirit of God? And so we can know the spirit and he can reveal to us what he wills, but we'll never have the full knowledge of God until we're in the presence of God on the other side of eternity. And the Lord has been gracious to share things with us as he wills. But at no time do we ever determine what the relationship is based on, right? At no time do we ever get to pull the strings. At no time are we ever in charge. So uh, we, we, it's important, uh, it's an important aspect of Christianity to recognize that our walk begins with humbling ourselves and laying ourselves at God's feet, telling him that he's the God and we're the creation, and we never actually leave that posture. And so God invites us up to stand and to know him and to love him and to walk with him at the same time, always understanding that he's the God, we're the creation.
And uh, he'll allow us to mess up that relationship and get it fuzzy and he won't hold it against us. But yet and still, when our definition of the relationship changes, it doesn't actually change. The relationship is the same. We have just kind of wandered from it. Uh, And in time, we'll get humble and we'll come back to the right process and the right posture. And then all of a sudden, things start to line up again. And we're saying, well, God orchestrated all of this. Yes, in the in the aspect that he has been waiting for us to come to our senses uh, all along, and Holy Spirit has been leading us to our senses. And so we start to think at times that we're inventing, uh, we're dictating the relationship, we're dictating the outcome, that we somehow had um, power over the outcome, and really it's God by his uh, son, through grace and his uh, faith in his son, Jesus Christ, by the power of his spirit that is leading us into relationship with him. And so I like to ask for a word at the beginning of the year, knowing full well he may or may not answer that request. Uh, but he's been very gracious to me in the last several years in that he's given me a word uh, for the new year to kind of set a direction. Now, as we look for a fresh word uh, for the year, um, when, you're, um, <clears throat> when you begin to grow older, in Christ, you start recognizing that the old word he gave you is still valid. And as we get a fresh word from the Lord for the year, it is just another step in the journey we've always been on. Does that make sense? We're, we're on a journey. We're going somewhere. There's a story about God being told through our lives. And as we come into 2021, it's simply a new chapter in that story, but the story is not going to change. The story is continuing, and uh, if you need a radically different word for 2021, it's important that we look back on 2020 and say, how did I get where I'm at? In that, I would need a course correction. Uh, I I speak that to you to speak that you could be encouraged that God has been writing your story all along, even if you've been ignorant of it, even if you haven't recognized it. Um, As we talk today, hopefully you'll see that in 2020, God has been faithful and he's been with you the whole time. And as I asked the Lord, uh, last year, he, he, he gave me a word for the whole year, and it, um, it really resonated. And this year, I, I was just really praying that the Lord would give me a, a similar scripture and a teaching, and he spoke three very clear words to me. He said, learn from me. He actually said, learn of me, which is the King James Version, but learn from me. And I'm going to unpack this as we go today, and I'm not going to take a long time. I promise to be done in roughly 19 minutes. That is the supernatural start of 2021, (laughs) that I will start and stop the message on time by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We found out last year, uh, we had plans. We had plans going into the year. I talked about it a lot uh, last week and a couple weeks before that, but I really went into depth how we looked at how God had led us through last year. And, um, We don't always have to understand how God is leading us. Friend, as I am um, diving deep into the uh, Hebrew scriptures this year, I've been studying the Old Testament. I'm studying the book of 1 Kings right now in depth. And um, as as you can read this Old Covenant, and I'm not going to go into all of this right now, but as you read it, you, you can see the judgments of God, but you can also see that God had been leading his people from the beginning of time. Even when they didn't know it, even when uh, they thought that they had separated themselves from God, even when they broke the covenant, God 
God never broke the covenant. And in the midst of them going about worshiping other gods and doing other things, God was still wooing them back by his word, wooing them back by their circumstances, wooing them back through their generations. And if we can learn anything from that, we can learn that God, even when we're getting it wrong, we think, even when we don't know where he's leading us, even when we don't know where we're going, he is actually still guiding. He is still wooing. He is still the Lord over your life. He's a Lord over your circumstances. You can trust. Don't get all caught up and worried and think that somehow you're going to blow it because you're not sure which way you're supposed to go. God is still leading you. God is still in control. He is still in charge and he is still God over our lives. See, when you give your life to God, he really receives it and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't renege on his word. He doesn't back out. He doesn't change his mind. He's still faithful even when we are unfaithful, even when we're blowing it, even when we don't understand. He is still our God. And if you've got a Bible, I want to dive in because you've got to make me preach all this time and I didn't even get into my message. I want to explain this, learn of me real quick. Um, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 11. We'll be there in a moment. Now, in the story uh, we're about to dive into, uh, it's important to understand the context and what was happening. Is the baby kicking? Oh, I want to feel. Okay, I missed that, honey. I want to feel the baby kick. Um, yeah, <clears throat> get a pregnant puppy, maybe. Better yet, if you have a pregnant puppy, let me just feel the baby's kick. And then I go home and sleep through the night. That's perfect. Hallelujah. Okay, so Jesus, um, Jesus had his disciples uh, and he sent them out. You remember, he sent them out. He sent them on their way and told them, uh, go and no, we're not there yet. And he said, go and uh, preach the gospel and heal and do wondrous things and, 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 and just follow me in what I'm telling you to do. You're going to do amazing stuff. And so the disciples are sent out. And then immediately after he sends out the disciples, the disciples of John the Baptist show up uh, right after Jesus and his disciples, the disciples of John the Baptist come in and they ask Jesus, they're like, hey, uh, we're sent. Are you really the one? Are you the one to come? John wants to know, is this it? And, and you remember the story, Jesus tells them, hey, look at the testimony of what's happening right now. Look, look what's going on. Look at the supernatural works. Look what is going on in the atmosphere. It's the fulfillment uh, of prophecy. And then immediately after that, uh, you know, Jesus is sitting there, and I'm going to kind of speak into the text that isn't there real quick. We see the apostles are going into their calling. The disciples of John the Baptist are somewhat sad because the plan that they thought was going to happen isn't happening. And they didn't, they're making sure that they recognized the Lord, that they got it right. Then Jesus switches and he talks about the cities that didn't get it right, the cities that didn't recognize the Lord. And he begins to speak a word of lament. He says, woe is unto you. And, and, and woe is, um, it's not a word of judgment as it is a word of sadness. And he's like, oh, we, we're, we're, we feel sad for you cities that missed it, who saw miracles in your towns and didn't recognize it, who saw the living Lord show up right there. And, and like these cities that got judged for their sin will have it better than you will have it in the day of judgment because you had an opportunity to be rescued and you turned it 
down. Jesus isn't rejoicing that something bad is going to happen. He's genuinely sad. We have a God who actually experiences emotions. Uh, He's not a robot that was sent to the earth, uh, just mechanically operating in his father's will. Uh, We know that he cried when his friend Lazarus died. We know that he wept over his city, Jerusalem. And here he is, sad, over the towns that missed it, that did not believe in spite of the miracles happening around them. And this is really important. We had the disciples of John who were sad. Then Jesus received them, told them why they should be encouraged. And then he was sad about those cities that didn't get it right. And then after that, Jesus does an important pivot that we need to recognize. Jesus didn't stay there in the sadness. Jesus pivoted. Uh, He moved from what could have been to what will happen. It's easy to look back on 2020 and lament on what could have been. Maybe you had plans. Maybe you had parties planned. Maybe maybe you had some sort of adventure or you had a vacation you were going to go on. Maybe there was a business you were going to start and you couldn't because of the economy. Maybe there was a gathering or a, a graduation or a like me, a milestone birthday that you couldn't have that party for because of the illness, or maybe the finances dried up, or and you keep looking back saying, man, the Lord told me to do something. This could have happened, but it didn't. And and if you don't guard your mind, you could stay there. You could stay in the what could have been instead of learning from Jesus how to pivot. look, Look with me in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. It says, And at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. What, What did Jesus do here? He switched from looking on what could have been, and he moved right into praise. He moved right into declaring the goodness of God. Here's what I want you to write down from this. If you're getting anything, your past becomes prophecy when depending on what you focus on. Your past becomes prophecy. You know, that's a good word right there. Your past becomes prophecy depending on what you focus on. If you spend 2021 focusing on what could have been in 2020, I promise you disappointment is coming in 2020 as well, 2021 as well. If you focus on what God did in your life in 2020, I promise you, you're going to see God do more things in 2021. I I look at 2020 and I just think, man, in spite of my ignorance on what was happening, uh, what was coming, in spite of all of that, God was faithful to me. He guided me through this entire season, even when I didn't know it was happening. Corey had made some divine connections and when our uh, video uh, program, the, the Lord shook it a little bit and it fell apart. And uh, Corey made some connections. And within hours, we had it completely, uh, just completely rebuilt. Supernaturally. I, there's no way I could have done that on my own. But the Lord was with us that, that whole time. And, and, and our worship didn't stop. And our community didn't stop. And because people had been led of the Lord to be fed in life groups, we instantly had our life groups double. And they grew in size. And to this day, our life groups are thriving because all the people online, uh, all the people staying connected uh, are still being community. We, had, we, didn't, we weren't a church that had to pivot and go from saying, you know, uh, 
the most important thing in your life is Sunday morning uh, to all of a sudden saying connection is important. We had always been saying connection was important. We had always been saying relationship is important. And as soon as that was needed, we recognized the Lord had already been leading us that way. God had been so faithful last year. And I look at 2021, I say, well, I don't know the nuts and bolts of how this is all going to pan out, but I do know the Lord is leading me in it. I do know that the Lord is faithful in it. I do know that the Lord will be faithful in supplying me what I need. Amen. Come on, one class, we all clap. Let's do it. I, I, I can trust that God is good in this season and that he's leading me in what I need in 2021. And here, here's Jesus saying, I'm not focusing on the people who missed it. I'm giving glory to the Father for who he is. I'm, 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 that's what I'm focusing on. And, and, and if my past is, going, is prophecy for my future, I'm meditating on how God was faithful. And I want to meditate on how God has been faithful this year. I'm not controlling God with my prophecy, but I am controlling my own mind. I am controlling what I see. I am controlling what voice I'm following. I am controlling what I listen to. I control the attitude of my family and the people I get around. And as I focus on how God is faithful, then all of a sudden in my life, faithfulness multiplies. Amen? Amen. This, this, this... This is how you will get out of your old season into your new season. You focus on how things, what you learned last year. Yeah. <clears throat> I, um, I, I've talked about this many times, but uh, I watch a lot of stuff on, I lay in bed at night. I have a hard time falling asleep sometimes, and I'm, I'm not the, <clears throat> you know, health would say just read a book, don't look at your phone, but, you know, I watch YouTube videos. That's, that's what I do, and I burn my time watching stuff that I'll never ever use. I'll never, ever run a front-end loader, but I believe I could because I have watched enough videos on it. Come on, real men know front-end loaders. Come on now. Come on, somebody. I could if I wanted to, actually. And uh, I, uh, I, I watch, I watch, um, I was talking with Corey about this uh, before. Um, I, 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 um, I, I don't actually run a boat. I've never I'm not a boat captain, believe it or not. I'm, uh, I, I'm not. Um, I was in the Coast Guard, but I get seasick. Uh, so there's a, little, there's a little something for you right there, uh, just to know about me. Um, and uh, I, I have begun to watch um, videos of people going in out of um, the intercoastal waterway through these uh, inlets. And uh, again, I'm not a boater. Uh, I, but I feel like I could be because I've watched so many of these, uh, you know, how you're supposed to approach these inlets. And wh- I, I, I could have a Ph.D. with all the stuff I learn that's useless if I were to just focus it into one thing that could, like, make my life better. Who knows what I'd be a doctor right now. Right? I'd, I might have cured coronavirus a, a year ago. Who knows? Um, but I have, I have learned, and Corey will correct me because he's a, he's a boater. Uh, an efficient guy. And I remember one time Corey called me and says, hey, we're coming into the inlet. Can you pray? Because it's really rough. I said, bro, I'll pray, but put on a life jacket right now. Put on one right now. He's like, it's not that bad. I was like, bro, if you called me and I don't know how to boat, it's time. Put on a life jacket right now. I know that much about boating. Uh, And so um, I watched these videos about the Hallover Inlet. And those of you who boat know it's kind of a treacherous one around here. Uh, I only know that because I've seen it on YouTube. I haven't actually seen it in person. But I feel like I could navigate it. I really do. Uh, and as they um, show the people coming in and out of this, uh, there's documentaries and people, they rate them as they go through. And uh, I don't have time to get in all the details, 
but what I have learned is uh, you need to be up on a moderate plane as you go through the inlet. Too many people don't give it enough gas and they try to go easy and the big waves make them, you know, they make them kind of crazy. And so they, if you, they can tell by looking at the video if you've done it before and you've gotten good at it. And so some people are like, oh, we see this guy all the time. Look, he just went through no problem. And then other people are like, ooh, we're going to try to take it easy in there. You know, they, they get flooded. Or they just look like idiots. You know, they turn around and go back because they're like, yeah, we're not able to do this, right? And, and, and so what, what I find amazing is the people who know the people who know how to do this, and if there's any boaters out there, you know what I'm talking about, and uh, it's just common sense to you, but it's amazing these days how uncommon common sense is. Uh, it, 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 they know who's done it before because they, 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 they do it well. And what we want is when we go through these hard times of life, we want to learn what we got right in those seasons so we can replicate it when we come into the storms of life again. Amen? Like, I, I, the first time I go through the hall over inlet, I feel like I would do A+. Plus, but say I got a B, right? Like, say, say, say I, you know, say I didn't do excellent. I, like, I, I probably wouldn't admit it, but at the same point, I would want to do better next time. I'd like to, I'd like to be honest and say, well, okay, I got to do this. I got to hit the throttle. But next time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to do it well. And so when I look back at 2020, I don't want to focus on what could have happened. I want to focus on, man, God really led me through that season. Man, I really got closer with my family in 2020. Wow, community was really important in 2020. I want to learn from these hard seasons and not the next time I'm kind of thrown for a loss of what's happening, go into fear and despair. I'm like, you know what? God leads me in these times. I want to be able to take this confidence that I have in Christ and take it into the next storm and not be tossed again like it's the first time my faith has ever been tested. No, no, no. I want to be able to stand in the midst of the storm and say, you know what? I've seen storms worse than you. And I stood through those and God led me through those and I'm going to get through this one as well. Amen? I've absolutely failed at getting through this quickly. So um, watch this. Okay, so Jesus declares... He begins to get into praise to focus on how God is good, not on what could have been. And if we move forward to verse 27, Jesus declares this. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my father. And no one knows the son except the father, nor does anyone know the father except the son. And anyone to whom the son wills to reveal him. What was Jesus saying here? Well, we know partially he was making a prophetic declaration, but in light of the story, Jesus is saying, look, uh, all these people missed it, but I'm not missing it. I know who I am in this season. He is not only remembering how good God is, he is remembering that, no, no, this is who I am. And I am not changed by the fact that people don't see my call. I'm not changed by the fact that storms of life have come. I'm not changed by the fact that people are disappointed in me. I am still who I am. He's boldly declaring, he's, prof he's prophesying to the world, like, listen, I, 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 can, I can act like the Son, I can act like the Messiah, I can do the Messiah, and I can, take, I can take heart in knowing I've done what God has called me to do, and I am not going to allow the feelings of sadness to dictate who I am. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Millard Fuller, who uh, helped start uh, Habitat Humanity, uh, says it this way. He said, it's easier to act your way into a new way of feeling than to feel your way into a new way of acting. Let's see it, David. It's easier to act your way into a new way of feeling than feel your way into a new way of acting. What does that mean? If you wait 
if you wait till you feel like doing something, you're probably never going to feel different. But if you just start doing what you know to be right, then more often than not, the feelings will follow. And even if they didn't, you'll have done something. Amen. And you have something good that you can meditate on. Right? You're seeding your own faith bed with your good work so that you have something to meditate on in that season of trial. When, when, when the darkness comes and tells you just to stay in bed or just keep eating and don't, don't do the dishes or just, you know, to, to, to fall into that despair, just do anything good and think about how you did something good. Just, met, just, just give yourself some seed that you can feed on in that season. You can, you, can, you can water and you can give light to so it can grow and become a garden in your own heart. Amen? Amen. I feel like that's a good word right there. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to myself. <clears throat> and so what we learned in 2020 is that some of the greatest opportunities in life come disguised as interruption. Some of the greatest opportunities that we have come disguised as interruption. And, and we thought that our church was interrupted, but what really happened was we had an opportunity to strengthen our community, and we ran with it. We ran with it. It's, it's, it we have to look at these interruptions as God is still in control. I'm going to capitalize on whatever God is doing in my life. And, and so um, a couple things we did. Why don't you come on up here, Sarah? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy up here, and I got I to gotta get interrupted here. Come on. Yeah, thanks. I'm, uh, I might listen to this done tomorrow. Preachers get all the... Oh, no. yep. Yep. oh. that's... No, wrong one. Good job. Hello. Yeah, there you go. Hey. So, um, Hi. So, so let, me, let me finish this, this thought here. You guys okay? We're, just, we're talking like family here. You, wow, you good, Sarah? Mm-hmm. I used to call Sarah up like this and just make her prophesy over people. We haven't, we haven't done that in a while. Not today. I'm going long. Um, I'm going long. Uh, 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 anyways, we'll just, my point isn't important, apparently. So life groups. Life groups took off in Revival Life Church in 2020. Instantly, our groups doubled. Yeah. And we found that the anointing of God, like, we, like there are several of us in this house who love, 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 love all the signs and wonders, right? We want you to, we want to do all the stuff that people like, can you believe they do that? I'm like, yeah, I do that. Um, and we found out that it sticks in community. Yeah. We don't just want a, a fleeting experience. We want it to stick, right? Yeah. And a life groups is one of the main ways it sticks in our lives, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you wow. know, what I wanted to talk to you quickly about today was just why ah. you want to be or continue to be involved in a life group. And ah. um, you know, as, as, wow. as cheesy as it sounds, a life group is where you do life together. Amen. And what we love about huh. the community of this church is that, you know, we get to go through the ups and the downs with huh. people. And that's the whole point of life group, right, is that you're not doing life by yourself. And there's no reason to try to do it by yourself because you've got people huh. in your life who really want to be a part of your life and do life with you. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, yeah. with life groups, you know, this is a place where you can ask questions, you can grow in your walk with God, you can grow in relationship with people in your life group, also as a member of the church. Um, you can just learn about whatever's going on. You know, we, most groups talk about pastor's messages on Sunday, so we get to dig deeper into yeah. that. Um, you get to learn new things like that. Also, you know, you're seen. So there's people who are noticing if you're not around. There's people who are, you know, reaching out to you to pray for you or following up with you on different things. Maybe you had prayer requests. But this is a place where people really get to know you, get to see you, and you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. And life groups are a really, really great way to do that. So I just want to encourage you today, do something and sign up if you didn't yet. Yeah, and maybe, maybe you're called to lead a life group. 
get in the life group this semester, learn how to do it, and next semester you'll lead a life group. That's whether you're online, whether you're here in person, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, how they, they can find a life group by texting. You can many ways, like I said before. You can sign up here if you're in person at the table in the back. You can also text GORLC to 97000, and then you'll see a link for a life group there. Also, you can sign up by clicking the link that was in the chat if you're watching online right now, or go what? to revivallife.church and click life group somewhere on there. Somewhere on there. You'll see it. <laughs> go ahead. We have a quick video we're going to show about this. It's mostly quick, except for the sermonette in the middle of it, and um, you'll, you'll know what that, oh. that is. Denise Davis here. I'm stopping by to let you know that I will be leading a life group every other Tuesday at 6.45 p.m. Right now it will be virtually, but there is opportunity, depending on COVID, for us to be able to meet in person at some point. Everyone is welcome. Hey guys, my name is Duke Rample, and this is my lovely wife, Chelsea Rample, and we're super excited to let you know that next semester of life groups is upon us. And uh, here at Revival Life Church, one of our core beliefs is connecting people to the power and presence of God. God spoke to our lead pastor and told him that connecting people to the power and presence of God is at the essence of who we are as a church. 2020 was crazy. Social unrest, presidential election, uh, COVID, I could say more. What better way to start off 2021 than with a fresh dose of the presence of God? So many of us have been hungry and thirsty for a fresh outpouring of his presence. Well, here's your chance. Join us as we lean in to God, trusting that, trusting him for a fresh encounter of his presence. We're going to be revisiting some pastors that Pastor touched on, the importance of protecting the glory of God, the importance of the encounter, how do we receive, <laughs> how we lead others into the encounter. Trusting God to use us as gateways of his presence, his peace, his love, his joy. Join us. Amen. Yeah, Let's we'll pray. We'll be meeting in January every other Tuesday at 730. The location is to be announced. Sign up soon. We love you. Can't wait to see you. Bye. Hi, this is Cecia. I'm going to be leading the Young Adults Life Group this semester. We will be meeting every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at Zoe's place. So for more information, make sure to join in. Super excited. Hey there, I'm Sam Reynoso. This is Corey Pagano. What's up, guys? And we're leading the men's fishing group this semester. Super excited. It's going to be the first and third Saturday at 7 a.m. So bright and early. And where are we meeting? We're going to be meeting, well, it's tentative, but for the most part, we'll be meeting at Red Reef Park. Red Reef Park, 7 a.m. We'd love it if you joined us. See you there. What's up, guys? Chris Zaglanski here, and I'm excited to be hosting another season of Life Groups this year in 2021. My Life Group is an all-men's Life Group that is going to be meeting every other Tuesday at 7.30 at the Barn Sports Facility in Pompano Beach, Florida. So if you're a guy and you like soccer and you love the fellowship, sign up for my group, and we'll see you there. Bye. Bible Life Church, this is Carl Thomas. I have a Life Group for men that meets Tuesday nights on zoom uh, we talk about the message we talk about what's going on in life and we pray for one another so if you're a guy looking for a group to join go ahead and sign up for mine hey i'm sarah pagano and i'm leading a life group for moms of small children this semester we're going to be meeting the first and third monday of every month online at 8 p.m and then the last monday of every month
person and it's gonna be a great time. Can't wait to see you guys there. Hey y'all, this is Hannah here. I'm gonna be hosting a life group this semester. We're gonna meet the first and third Tuesday of every month at 7.30 p.m. via Zoom. We're gonna chat and fellowship and pray for each other. All right, see you then. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Smith. I will be leading a life group this semester. We will be meeting every Tuesday night from 7.30 to 8.30. It is my dream for you that you get to fall more deeply in love with Jesus every week, that you get to know a little more about his nature, as well as get to encounter his presence. Yeah, most definitely encounter his presence. Hope to see you then. Hey guys, it's Hafa from Revival Life Church. I'm the youth director. I'm calling all my sixth to eighth graders to come hang out with me every month. We do an outing, we come hang out, just chill. Uh, we also will be meeting at Victory Church Wednesday night at Strive. Let me know if you're interested. Hello, I'm Tracy Thomas. I am gonna be leading a women's life group on Zoom. Um, it is going to be on every other Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. beginning on January 13th. And what we're going to be doing is um, discussing the message and how it applies to our lives. And um, it's going to be a great time of connection and fellowship. I'm looking forward to it. Ladies, I hope you join us. Lots going on. Amen. Yeah. Come on, let's get it for all the life group leaders. You're like, wow, that's a lot of groups. We've got a lot of people uh, online and uh, people are, we have, once we started uh, uh, going online, we have people who join our church every week all over the country, which is really amazing. Uh, God is so very, very, very good. That's the first thing we're launching. Uh, the second thing we're launching this year, and I don't have time to get into details because Duke went so long, my message is long now. <laughs> Gotta have someone to blame it on. I appreciate that, Duke. Um, uh, we're, we're launching uh, Revival Life Ministries this year, uh, and we are going to license people who feel called to ministry. Um, where, yeah, amen. For those who are looking for a ministry home, uh, feel called to ministry, uh, we're going to have all the information. I think Mike and I are going to have it out uh, next week to you. Um, just some pretty easy educational requirements, ministry interview. And uh, we want to we give people the credentials they need to minister where they need outside this church. We want to uh, equip people, we want to build them up, and we want to send them out to do what God has called them to do. And finally, if you're online especially, we have an exciting announcement for you. We are launching uh, officially our online campus now. Uh, we have so many people gathering there, we want to recognize it, we're putting resources into it, and if you're on there right now, sorry Comcast has had issues with our upload speed, they're fixing it this week, so it feels choppy today, but we are announcing uh, our online ministry directors, uh, uh, Mike and Lillian, who lead worship here occasionally. We're so excited for them. If you're online, just hit a little clap button there in the chat, and uh, they have a special announcement for us uh, right here. There's too long of an intro, so I'm just going to talk until we see Mike and Lillian, morning, so we don't have a weird... Oh, here Lillian we go. Davis. Turn it up my for me, please. Michael Davis. And we just want to welcome you. Um, for everyone that's online, maybe you're social distancing, maybe you live out of state, out of the area, and you just want to attend service online. Um, basically, we're super excited about this um, online campus. Uh, you know, during this time, a lot of people can't be together uh, for whatever reason, but we still want to be a community. We still want to grow closer together. Um, you know, something in my uh, walk with Jesus has been community, and this church has really just made it 
important um, to just be in community, be connected to one another um, however we can. And so this just creates an opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, you know what's awesome? It, even though you're online, you're not alone. There are people online with you. We're all watching together. Amen. This is the community that we are building at Revival Life Church. Yes. Hey, what you have to do, just chat. Say what's up in the chat. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to say hi. We'd love to see how you're doing. Just be active in the chat or, or share the stream. We can do that. It's Facebook. It's social media. It's all the Instagram stuff. But we would love to talk to you. No matter how you log in, no matter how you tune in, even if you're on the replays, we'd love to talk to you there. So, hey, just hit us up in the chat. Say hi. Say what's up. And we cannot wait to build this community with you guys. Come you're on. not alone. We're all in this together. Yeah. Amen. Okay. If there's any way that we can serve you, just let us know. Amen. We'd love to do it. Amen. Thank you, Mike and Lillian. Look, if you're online, we need you to interact. We need you to, we need you to be involved. We need you to be generous. We need you to serve. And uh, Mike and Lillian have serving opportunities for you. So let me, let me bring this to a close. Uh, as we're following Jesus here, as he's talking after the, he lamented over these cities, after he declared who God is, he declared who he was, he says to his disciples, this is what he says to us today in verse 28, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is what Jesus is telling us today. Learn from me. And so many of us, life is far harder than it has to be because we're learning about Jesus, but we're not learning from Jesus. We're hearing what a lot of people are saying Jesus is saying, but we're not hearing what Jesus is actually saying. My wife and I were watching TV the other day and I'm yelling at it, uh, these false prophecies that are coming forth. And uh, uh, I, I'm not going to talk more about that now, even though I could. Um, but it, uh, what we want to do, we want to learn from Jesus this year. We want to learn from Jesus how to interact with his father. We want to learn how he interacted with his father and how we can interact with the father through Jesus. We want to learn how to interact with the spirit. Uh, Jesus said he would baptize us in the spirit. We want to learn how Jesus interacted in the presence and power of God. We want to learn from Jesus this year. We want to be disciples of Christ. It's what a disciple is, one who learns from Jesus. And this is who we're going to be this year. And so stand for me if you would. We're going to receive the Lord's table together with the understanding of what this communion means, this fellowship together. We've learned the importance of fellowship. Uh, I am um, my um, one, of, one of the um, one of the mentors in my life, Leonard Sweet. <clears throat> he was a professor of mine. I've spoken with him. I've he's invited me to study under him more. He told a story one time and um, I, I, so Leonard Sweet, um, he was invited to uh, London to speak uh, to the uh, international gathering of the Salvation Army. They were having uh, what they were calling a vision casting meeting where they kind of see where God was leading them and where they were going. And um, he said, he responded and said he would go, he would fly from where his home is outside Seattle all the way to London on one condition. He said, uh, I, I, I will come as long as I get to have dinner alone with the president of Salvation Army, uh, Linda Bond. Uh, and in Salvation Army, the uh, president uh, is also the fiduciary of the company. So literally, Linda Bond had authority over their properties all over the planet. And, um, and he sat down with her and uh, he said, um, I know that Joan Kroc, who was... Roy Croc's 
um, wife who was considered to be the founder of McDonald's, though we know from the movie he wasn't. Uh, we, he, she gave the Salvation Army, he said, uh, she gave you $2.2 billion. And I know that people don't give to organizations, they give to people. And what relationship did you have with her that she gave you a check for $2.2 billion? And her first answer was, you know, it wasn't $2.2 billion, it was $1.5 billion. And, uh, you know, with interest and things, it wound up, you know, a greater amount. And he goes, yeah, I understand that. But she doesn't, you know, people don't give to organizations, they give to people. My real question is, why did she give that to you? What, what connection did you have? And he said, well, you know, we both come from really poor backgrounds. And he said, what, what, what do you mean? Because she was a wealthy person. He said, well, she grew up poor and I, and I grew up poor, but uh, she didn't give it to me. She gave it to the organization. He said, what was the connection that had her give that? And she says, well, you know, I was the 12th child of a coal miner and I grew up very poor. And Linda Bond grew up in London and um, she was the child of a laborer. And during the Depression, they were very poor. Her father didn't have any work and spent almost the entire Depression unemployed. And he wasn't the greatest caregiver either. He would disappear for days at a time and weeks at a time. And they were desperately poor and hungry. And every week, a man from the Salvation Army would bring them groceries. And she said, I knew that once a week that we would have food on the table and there'd be food in the cupboard and we would have food. But not only that, and Leonard said, wait, 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 I know the Salvation Army, you're supposed to go get the food. They don't, they don't deliver it to your house. She goes, no, they, they don't. But this man, the Salvation Army officer, every week would bring these groceries to my house and after he'd set them down, he'd stay and he'd sit on the floor and he would play with me every single week. And he was the only positive male role model in my life during that time. And I knew because of him, I would have an interaction with a healthy man and we would have food. And because of that, Linda Bond, when she passed, even though she was a, a, a vocal supporter of abortion and gave money towards abortion rights. And the Salvation Army is anti-abortion very publicly. Yet and still, Linda Bond gave her fortune to the Salvation Army. And Leonard said, wow, did, do you know who that man is? And she said, no, we probably never will know who that Salvation Army officer was during the Depression, who every week stopped for one little girl it made her feel important and put food in their cabinets and dinner on the table and most likely he's just a Salvation Army officer who served during the depression lots of people in need and died never knowing the impact his life had and because of his faithfulness to the spirit of God and his, the leading of the spirit in that little window, just like we were faithful to how God led us in 2020 and God multiplied that effort here at Revival Life Church, just because He was faithful. There's now Salvation Army centers all over the world named after that little girl who gave that huge amount of money that is feeding 
untold numbers of people the world over. Listen, you being led by the Spirit of God is not just about you. It's not just about your fear. It's so much bigger. It's so much grander. We need to learn of Him. He knows what's going on in our lives. And with that understanding, this fellowship that Jesus has welcomed us to, the sitting around the table with Him and learning of Him and His Spirit, which is guiding us. He said, listen, when you have that Passover meal and you break bread in remembrance, do this, wow, in remembrance of me. Not just of what could have happened in the desert back then, but what can happen next year because I'm with you. This is what we're meditating on this year, that the Spirit of God on the inside of us leading us, nothing shall be impossible. And Jesus, you have welcomed us to this table and we remember you to the miraculous life you've invited us into. We pray that we would be so sensitive to your spirit this year. Lord, we don't want fame or fortune. We would love, though, to leave a legacy of being that representative of Christ that someone counted on in a broken and hurting world. And so on the night you were betrayed, you broke the bread and you said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. This is my body broken for that girl sitting on the floor for Boca Raton in South Florida in 2020. Receive the body. In the same way, he took the cup. He said, likewise, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And Lord, we say we want that new wine this year that we can be led by your spirit. We could be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth this year. That we could be the wallet of Jesus on earth this year. That we could leave a legacy for the goodness of God. We love you, Jesus. Receive the cup of the new covenant. Listen, I'm excited about 2021, not just because 2020 is over, but I gained something in 2020 and I'm projecting into 2021 with the spirit and power of God, with the confidence that he's with me. And we're going to take this year by storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Amen.